Welcome to the MVP, the Mountain View podcast. We are so glad you could join us for today's episode as we look at one topic from Sunday's message and dive deep in how it relates to us today, to our culture, and to the way we follow Christ. Hey, this is Pastor Tim. I'm Scotty. And this is Jonathan. Welcome back to another episode of the MVP, the Mountain View Podcast. Today, we're going to jump into uh, one more topic from our conversation on Sunday, our message on Sunday. We are so excited to continue and be able to offer this each and every week. Dr. Tim, what did you bring for us today? We are going to continue to talk about the law of attraction. And that seems to be where we have seen what I believe is a, an occult, occultish thought that has drifted into the church uh, to become whatever you claim, you can name it, and eventually you get it. So I want to talk about that law of attraction, especially since like in 2006, there was a book that was written, The Secret, it's now a movie. As I told you on Sunday, you can find it somewhere on your Roku channels. Uh, it's there for you to watch, and um, it, it continuously, basically, reiterates everything over and over and over again. But the the law of attraction is basically uh, whatever you can summarize with three words: it be thoughts become things. How thoughts can become things, and uh, and we we talk about these things where it can be. The universe is attracted to what you're calling out and you begin to focus on that and you're changing, according to the secret, you're changing the vibration of atoms in the universe so that they begin to vibrate toward you. And so ultimately you determine the frequency or vibration so that you can best acquire wealth, health, and fulfillment. So my question to you guys is, how's that working for you? Uh, not not great, if I if I'll be honest. No, so it, I I thought a lot as you were you were speaking on Sunday, and a, again just now that this th- this law of attraction is something that's really insidious because it feels almost right. Like, do you ever have days where you you wake up and you just like, like everything, the world is against you. You like twist your back when you get out of bed and you stub toe on the coffee table. Like everything feels like it goes bad because it's a bad day. Um, This law of attraction feels like it goes one step further than that though. Like I'm thinking that it's a bad day so I am causing all of these things to happen. When in reality, it's just like, all of these things may have happened on a day when you felt fine and it it didn't make a bad day or whatever. Um, I have a friend who probably, she doesn't listen to the podcast when I talk about her. She probably believes something close to this because every day that something bad happens or something not great happens is the worst day in the in the world because each thing builds on the other. And... On the opposite side of that, anytime something good happens, it's the best day in the world because, you know, I'm in a good mood, so so everything is great today. Um, so I, I think this law of attraction is really insidious because it's so close to what 
we feel like we experience sometimes. Well, I, to to piggyback off what you're saying and, and some of the things Dr. Tim talked about on uh, Sunday about reading your horoscope. So many times, I think what happens is we can read a horoscope and our our experience is filtered through that lens. So the exact same things can happen during a day. Um, but if our horoscope said it was going to be a good day, then we discount those things and only focus on the things that made it a good day. If our horoscope was, was said it's going to be a bad day, we discount all the good things that happen and only focus on the bad day and, and we see it through that lens, which I kind of think is what you're, what you're talking about, that it's all wrapped around what, what, what lens are we looking through because we do have so many times when it would be so nice. I mean, honestly, like it would be really nice if I could just put out vibes into the universe and like that translate into money in my bank account. And but we, I was um, something I was looking at. Maybe it might have have been a post on Facebook or something that was talking about how Eastern mysticism has crept its way into modern society, into Christian society. The idea of karma, the idea of luck, the idea of um, of vibes, of of our aura, of of sensing things, and that kind of stuff. And we. We use terms sometimes because those are the the language we can express when those aren't what God is is discernment and 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 vibes are two totally different things. Uh, and this law of attraction is another one of those kind of Eastern mysticism ideas that has kind of crept into our culture, specifically our church church culture, that we have to be really wary of. And they can look rather innocent and look rather benign. But when we begin to dig deeper into uh, the way they are manifesting themselves and the way they're exhibiting themselves in our lives and how much we're relying on them, they become, like you said, Scotty, rather insidious. Well, you know, it goes back to where you find in your four leaf clover, you know, or your lucky rabbit's foot. How many people do you know that have a four leaf clover pressed in the pages of their Bible? Like, I know folks that, that that's a thing. And it's like, um, uh, no, <laughs> those are two totally opposing viewpoints. Yeah. And, and, and they carry around a rabbit's foot for good luck, but it wasn't too lucky for the rabbit. Right? <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, you know, but, but we have that. Of course we could do the opposite, break a mirror or step on a crack or black cat, you know, those kind of things. But when we talk about the law of attraction, so for instance, on the on the movie itself, it shows a little, uh, uh, you know, about an eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy who wants a bicycle and he finds it in the catalog. Didn't we do this at Christmas? You look through the Christmas catalog and you circle it, you know, and that's what you wanted. You left a little note saying, hey, I'd like to have this for Christmas. I miss the days of the JCPenney catalog. Uh, was it the Wish Book? Was that what it was called? Yes, yes. That was yeah. the Toys R Us Wish Book, yeah. And, and the, or the Sears Wish Book? Sears, I think. And so he he begins to think about it, and he goes by the book, uh, the bike s- s- store, and he sees that bike, and, you know, I think, if I remember right, it might have got sold, and he's kind of disappointed, but he gets a bike, you know? You know, for us, yes, we did circle things. We did do that but 
we got those because our parents bought them for us, either for Christmas or out of obedience. You know, we, we did our chores, you know, we were rewarded, but the universe just didn't drop it down in our lap. Uh, matter of fact, my first bicycles were hand-me-downs, you know, that's, that's what we got uh, a lot of the times. Can I tell a quick bicycle-related story? Please do. So when I was probably 10 years old, my bike got stolen. And as a 10-year-old, when your sole means of personal transportation goes missing, it's rather devastating. Uh, so my dad said, um, hey, look, I've got a bunch of these circuits I've got to make. So if you will uh, help me make those um, for, for work, I will pay you and we will go buy a bicycle. And so he, I, I did all the work and and in fact, one time I even went outside to play and he says, hey, if, if you want to earn your money, you need to come back here and here and get back to work. And so I, I did everything that he asked and he gave me the money. And then we went to um, to Walmart to, to pick out a, a new bike. And I picked out the one he, I wanted uh, and I started, well, I started looking and, and before I picked one out, he says, now remember, 10% of what you earned, you need to tie to the church. So you don't have this much money. You've only got this much money. Uh, so uh, I picked out my bike and, and that was a, a fun and awesome thing, but one because I earned it, but it wasn't, I didn't wish that into existence. I didn't vibe that into existence. And not only that, I learned the lesson of good work, of diligence and of tithing all within this idea. And it wasn't because I vibed it. It was because my parents were diligently teaching me the ways of Christ and, and, and how to walk in the world um, as a godly person. And, and you got these people who absolutely believe this to a degree. One lady on the DVD claims that she was cured with her breast cancer in three months without doing any chemotherapy or radiation. And she did this by visualizing um, herself well and watching funny movies on television. And, you know, and these are the type of things and stories that happen. Um, and so, you know, we, we see these things that, that take place and this is why it's so dangerous because when people hear this, they may try it and, and the universe, the vibes are not there and they may die. Right. I mean, that's, that's the end of all ends. And, and like Scotty said, it, it pairs so closely with things that we do know, uh, we do know that uh, people, uh, studies have shown that people who keep a positive outlook and a positive attitude um, are more likely to experience positive health outcomes uh, when it comes to responses to treatment or or whatever than people who sink in depression. I think we all have known people that have gotten a bad diagnosis and they quickly spiral downhill versus people who have gotten the same diagnosis and chose to to keep a positive outlook to, in most places of Christianity, focus on Christ and what He wants to do, and their quality of life is significantly improved uh, versus that. But and so when you think about that, when you look at if and if you were just to talk about it in sense of vibes, uh, well they they had good vibes and so the universe rewarded them. They had bad vibes and so they were punished. And so you take this. The psychology and the study that we do know and the science that we have seen, and you pair it with this idea of 
that we can manifest things into existence. And they seem on the surface to interconnect when in reality, um, they're not related at all. And in this particular thing you just said, most of your psychologists, your physics, uh, your scientists have rejected this. Uh, they say this is pseudoscience with no relation to reality. Uh, so you're saying that the the studies that show that people that keep a good attitude, uh, actually, the the science comes back and says that's they're not legit studies. Correct. They're, you know, science, psychology, and all of these other groups are saying this is not true. The law of attraction is not true. I mean, think about it. If the law was a, of attraction was true, we at all from birth would be thinking things and receiving things. The danger of what this does, it has no science to back it up. They talk about the quantum science, the quantum this and that. Most of these guys will refute it if they're in a closed room, but they're, they're making a DVD. They're making money. But if you think about it, this all appeals to the materialism that our old self, if you're saved, or your regular self, if you're not saved, we crave to have material things for ourselves, whether it's for popularity, whether it's for our own wealth, uh, you know, whatever we want, that's what our soul desires. But once you're saved, that stuff should be gone away. I think... So just to, to back up to make sure I'm I'm clear. So th- the studies the studies that you say were that science refuted or the the ideas that science refuted were the ideas of the law of attraction that we can vibe things into existence. Is that correct? They're saying that's not possible. Okay. It's not reality. Good. Okay. So my my just making sure that my my studies that I'd read that people that keep positive attitudes have better outcomes were are still right. Okay, good. Um, secondly, the, when, when, when we think about when we put on our new self, that should be in deference to Christ, that should put Christ in the right place in our heart, in our mind, and in our lives. But a law of attraction, a health and wealth gospel puts us at the center of that, puts God beholden to us. And it puts us still in control. And I think that is part of what is so attractive is in all things, even even from, from the Garden of Eden, we, the, the original sin is us thinking we know better than God and us wanting to be in control. And this is another manifestation of that same underlying principle that I can control what happens in my life, that I have ultimate control. I have ultimate say over the things that that go on. And I don't, I am not beholden to anyone. I think uh, all of the, uh, all of the, the, the false gospels that we've talked about over the last two or three weeks really feed into that selfish side of us. We want something for nothing. We want uh, through our own willpower for our circumstances to change or for our our situation or our our health or whatever to to change we want to will our whatever into existence and that's well as as we will it means that we're like god 
or we want to be like God because we can change the universe. If I had the power to change the universe, oh, trust me, there'd be a lot of things not happening in the culture today that's happening. There's plenty of people who would think the same way, but that's not happening because we cannot. If, if, if we could change our aspect of the world, Christopher Columbus would have wheeled in his mind, show me the world and know that anybody before that or after that would know that it's not flat. You know what I'm saying? They could, they could will it into the universe of their thoughts and their wisdom to know these things. And that's just simply not true. You know, it, 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 it's sad that people feed off of uh, people who, who, who teach this, you know, as I said before, um, when, when, uh, Joel Osteen says, you know, I'm fat. What you're saying is you're calling calories to you. You know, that's, that's just ridiculous or I'm old. And when you say I am old, you're, you're having wrinkles coming to you. No, the manifestation is everybody's made up different. There are going to be people who's going to look like they're 70, but because they, they are 70, but because the way their body is made up, they're going to have wrinkles that make them look like they're 85. And you're going to have people who are 85 who have no wrinkles who look like they're 70. We have nothing to do with that. That is a bodily makeup. And I think a lot of this gets into our head and it becomes a mental health issue when we follow these type of things um, because it really changes the dynamic of who we are, what we think, and so forth. In other words, it's no different than a girl thinking she's bulimic or that she's overweight and she tells herself, I am fat and so I don't eat. That is not the law of attraction. That is a mental health issue that needs to be taken care of. And that's the problem that we see is in, the, in, in this culture of thinking when it comes to this law of attraction. So as we, as we sit here and we, we, we discuss all this, I think we're all kind of on board and, and, and understand um, how this can, uh, why this is so evil and, and how this can, can lead to some trouble. My question is, what do we do when we encounter this kind of thinking in our friends and relatives? And how do we ensure and evaluate uh, this kind of teaching as we um, as it enters into our own life? I would say start 100 years back. Start 200 years back. Start 300 years back. Start 400 years back. And you're not going to find people who are talking about name it and claim it and all that kind of stuff. Did they have faith? Absolutely. Because the Bible says that we would have enough faith. You know, if we have enough faith, we can move mountains or we can do various things if we have faith. But as I said on Wednesday night, when the guy came who, who needed healing from Jesus, he told Jesus, I know you have the authority and the power to change my body, to change me. 
but is it your will? And I, I think that's what we miss. You know, we, we, we're talking about all of this. And my question to you is, is that God's will for you? You know, is that God's will for you to have three cars, two houses? Is that God's will for you to have, you know, $700 sneakers? Is that God's will for you? But then you could say, well, the Bible really says that our possessions is not going to have any, 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 uh, any uh, reflection of the kingdom because we leave all that behind. And so again, what are we, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to glorify God or are we trying to glorify ourselves? And I really think it divides with faith and the will of God, which if you notice, none of this name it and claim it really deals with the will of God. Nobody ever says, Oh God, if it is your will, I need two houses. We, we have the perfect example in, in Jesus who actually had the authority to name it and claim it. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't say, God, I'm, I'm you know, hey, Father, I'm, 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 I'm done with this. I don't really want to be you know, whipped and beaten and to die on a cross. That sounds like not a fun time. So you can have that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. He had, but he surrendered to the will. He surrendered to the will. He had the authority. He, more than any of us, could have said, I'm not doing this. And he actually named it. He says, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. I, I don't want to do this. If there's any way, let it go. And and we all know we all know how that story ended. But I, I think that's a really, really good point as we evaluate these things and as we come into any of these teachings, as we as we interface with them, either in, within our friends, within our family members, uh, or even individually, we have to decide who is getting the glory. Where where is the glory going in these situations? Uh is if my being healed brings God glory, then so be it. If my if my patient uh, enduring of suffering brings God glory, then so be it. That's what they don't ever want to talk about is the people who have patiently endured and suffered um, and called people to Christ in the midst of their suffering for God's glory. And as we think about these things, as we uh, evaluate the things that are being taught to us, um, social media posts and all this kind of stuff, we have to look and say, okay, who is getting the glory for this, for this request, for this answered prayer, for whatever it is, where is the glory going? And is it being prayed for and requested in God's will? Yeah. And I think that's what we need to talk to people about is, is this God's will in your life? And so there's where that's where we need to to look at that. So um, this coming week we're going to look at one more um, cultural church thing that's been around for a while, and then we're going to get into some new trends that's hitting the church uh, that we are facing today, and that we will have to stand on biblical accounts and not the false reality of people's minds of what uh, they think things are as they see them today. So before we go though. I have my own moped story. So when we, before we got our driver's license, we were, we were, we got a moped and our moped looked like a, uh, I guess you would call a small motorcycle had the gas tank out front. You know, it looks just like a motorcycle, but it only goes 30 miles an hour. 
And so I was downtown and I went into um, a local um, history um, museum. And when I came out, my moped was gone. Somebody stole my moped. So um, I had to call my parents and they came and got me. Or I may have walked home. I can't remember. And then um, I remember we always kept an eye on it. We were coming down a, a particular hill, a street, and uh, I thought I saw it. Um, but the gas, ta- uh, the gas tank was y- yellow. It was painted black. But I knew it was it. And so I went to get my dad. He was in a deacon's meeting at the church. Got him out of the deacon's meeting. He said, well, he said, you'll just have to call the police. Well, we called the police, went back, showed the police where we were, found the kid who was on my moped. I jumped out of the car and I'm chasing him down the street. <laughs> he drops my, our, our moped, he drops it and I chased the kid and grab him. And then the cops came. So at that point in time, I thought about being a policeman. <laughs> Citizens Arrayas. <laughs> Citizens Arrayas. Thanks, thanks <laughs> Officer Fife. Yeah. <laughs> I had no bullets in my gun at that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Tim, for that story. That was, that was absolutely fantastic. We look forward to continuing our conversation next week as we continue to pray the will of God for you, uh, not in a name it and claim it way, but just that you would more passionately follow Jesus each and every day. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope to see you Sunday.